Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and his friend Jake gives you sports betting tips. I'm Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Thursday, March 10th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games not covered in this episode, is available in the Google Sheet linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the leans. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, yesterday was one of those bad variance days, not good for the model. Our picks here, kind of a day we want to forget about and move on from, and hopefully we can get a better taste uh, and our mouths after tonight's and today's games than yesterday's. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was rough. But yep. we'll, What's we'll one thing we should know? Uh, man, there's some of these. You got to watch. I mean, we got to remember these are just college kids out there. They're not brilliant, brilliant people yet. Like, you get some stupid decisions, not just like stupid turnovers or like throwing the ball away or making a bad shot or taking a bad shot. You had like the guy from Xavier, I can't, <clears throat> can't remember his name, up to fouls the guy at half court. Allows Butler to tie the game, and now and now they're done. They might not make the tournament because of based how bad they've played played here recently. And then you had Buddy Beheim in a blowout game just decide, huh, I'm going to punch this guy. So then he gets suspended for the Duke game, and that's really their only chance to make the tournament is is to win the ACC tournament. Now they're now they're gone. I mean, those are just the two that really stick out because of how big the implications were. But got to remember, there's. You got to leave some room, like with those, with the points you're taking or the points you're laying for idiot plays that just happen because every once in a while a college kid makes a college kid mistake. Right. Like none of us have ever made bad decisions when we yeah. were in college, right? Yeah. So uh, we, it doesn't make any sense. We can't understand it, right? <laughs> yeah. I get it. I totally get it. Just, mine just wasn't on the national stage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Th- thankfully, right? Most, yeah. most of our dumb mistakes in college, thankfully, were not where millions of people are watching. Um, yes. Yeah, a reminder about our schedule for the week. We'll do an episode all seven days this week, including a Sunday episode where we'll break down all the conference championship games. Uh, whenever we get to 1,000 YouTube subscribers, we'll get you all some bonus content uh, whenever that comes. So help us get there as soon as possible. Uh, I think right now the idea we're going around with is if we get to 1,000 subscribers before the first weekend of the tournament, doing a breakdown on every single Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday game. So a lot of bonus content there that can help us get to a thousand subscribers. So there's a lot of you out there watching. I know that you haven't clicked that subscribe button yet. So please click that subscribe button. It helps us out a lot and we really appreciate it. Uh, getting to today's slate, we're going to start with an early game here, 1030 Central Time, Indiana versus Michigan, a game that has all sorts of tournament implications. Uh, Michigan now out to a three and a half point favorite. The model thinks it should be a little bit less than two. So I'm taking a B pick on Indiana plus three and a half. I just think this is too many points in a game that I think you should have zero confidence in what's going to happen. So if you're giving me three and a half points or the equivalent on the money line, if that's the the way you like to play it, I think you're getting value there. And I think it's a smart play to make. We're all about slow and steady growth of the bankroll, right? It's not about trying to win the lottery every night because that's going to lead to uh, you know, bankruptcy, right? We don't want to do that, right? We just want slow and steady growth. There's value here, right? That doesn't mean that Michigan won't win by a lot, but Indiana might win by a lot too. It's a who the heck knows type game. I will note the model is five and three backing Indiana, seven and two fading Michigan. I like three and a half points here because I do not know what to expect from either one of these teams. 
Uh, Indiana, of course, needs this win to get into the tournament. Maybe another one, depending on how things play out, but they definitely need this one. Uh, Michigan, probably in either way, but a win at least solidifies it and prevents any wonkiness from happening. Uh, so both these teams want to go out and get the win, but I don't think I know what to expect. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the points with you just because both these teams are day and night dependent on what day of the week it is. They, they yeah. really just super inconsistent. Um, like I use beat, beat Purdue and beat them kind of like had them, had them on the ropes at, at Mackey. And then obviously was ahead by 20 at Wisconsin and then let that, and then let that go. So I, and then Michigan has really curb stomped a couple of teams and then dropped teams. You weren't even anywhere near thinking they would drop them to. So don't really know what's going on. So taking the points is always good. Um, they're very similar in how they're made up. Not great guard play, really good, big couple big guys and they play through them. Um, but Hunter Dickinson has been dealing with a stomach bug all week and he's expected to play, but you know, like if you, if he's not at hundred percent, that really hurts Michigan because of how much their offense runs through him. And I really think they, the Michigan or IU has a really good matchup with him with that. They can balance uh, trace Jackson Davis and race Thompson off of him. One guy to be, beat him up. One guy could stay with him athletic athletically. This is like, I think a good matchup for them. And, uh, I really don't see a repeat of what happened last time these two teams met where Michigan hit 11 of 17 threes and got five from Caleb Houston. I don't see that being repeatable. So if this good IU team shows up and like the one that showed up and was ahead by Wisconsin by 20, if they show up and they handle the ball and play, play their really good defense that they've uh, been playing all year, I think they'll be close if not win. Um, but I really think this game stays within a possession of two or two. So three and a half is a good number to have. Yeah. And I, my, my hunch is that number's gone up a little bit overnight because of everyone assuming that Dickinson will play. But uh, like you said, if he's uh, limiting his minutes at all, if there's any lingering effects there, that's going to be a, a, a problem for them. But even if he's full strength, I still kind of think this is a who the heck knows game. So yeah. some value on the points there um, in my opinion, um, giving some love to the smaller schools. A lot of big schools are in their quarterfinals and semifinals, but the Conference USA semifinals uh, here tonight, they're doing that weird thing where they're playing um, in one arena and they've got it split and multiple courts happening at the same time. It's, it's weird. The, the games are like half hour staggered. So if you watch one of them, uh, the like live cut into the other one. They basically just like turn the camera. They, they don't do this, but it makes more fun to sound like they turn the camera over to the other gym. It's almost like you're in like a high school tournament. It's it's, it's bonkers there what they're doing. Uh, but a lot of interesting Conference USA teams remaining, and depending on who wins, could be some really interesting semifinals tomorrow. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about Louisiana Tech versus Western Kentucky. It's a one-point spread, so more or less uh, there you're just picking the winner. I'm going to take the under 146.5. The model thinks it should be 144. There, These two teams played once earlier this season. There were 147 points in that game. Western Kentucky shot 59% from three. That was the only stat that really sticks out. They missed one less three, and my number of 144 is spot on. That gets us under 146.5. I just see it being harder to get to the same number they got to last time. You get a neutral sort, neutral site in a conference tournament game, and I don't see one of these teams shooting almost 60% from three. So I think under is a safe bet. Both these offenses are good, but there's just too many points. The number's a little bit too high, so I think under is the way you want to look. Jake, who wins 
between Louisiana Tech and Western Kentucky. Um, I, I like this team. I think they're very dangerous. Both these teams shoot the ball very well. Um, Western Kentucky has really been on a roll here with how they're, how they're shooting, uh, hitting about 37%, hitting about eight threes a game, hitting 72% of their free throws. They're doing well. They can be a little sloppy, um, but they've cut their turnovers from 12, uh, almost 13, down to uh, right around 10 in the last three. So adding three extra possessions helps them. Helps them. They force a lot of turnovers, and I think that's due to pace. Um, and so they average uh, t- forcing 14 turnovers. So anytime they can win the turnover battle and getting extra possessions goes a long way. Um, it's very, very similar in how these teams like to play, but I think the turnovers are the difference. Louisiana Tech just a little with the ball, and I think that's going to come back to bite them in a tight game right here with one point. Um, just a, This would be a fun one to watch. Kenny Lofton Jr. versus uh, Davion McKnight. Should be a great battle to watch those two guys go back and forth. Um, so this, this should be fun to watch, and I think Western Kentucky comes out with the win. All right, so you like Western Kentucky there. I like the under. At that same time slot, 6 p.m. Central Time, we've got Villanova as a five-and-a-half-point favorite at St. John's, one of two uh, games tonight where there is a – a home team. Uh, St. John's more of a de facto home team. They play a handful of their games at Madison Square Garden. The other one being in the Mountain West Conference, UNLV actually played at their home arena. So that one's even more of a home court effect for them. And of course, notice on this that the your rotation numbers for both of those, the home team is listed as the road team and vice versa because they will be the road team with regards to jerseys and the coin toss? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter, I guess, in kind of basketball. Right? So obviously, I make a joke about the coin toss. But it doesn't really matter that we're wearing the road jerseys, but we play more in our home atmosphere. So Villanova basically getting a road game here. And they should have some fans here, though, so hopefully that helps them out a little bit. They're a five-and-a-half-point favorite there against St. John's. Total is 149. The St. John's under did not work yesterday. I've I failed on taking them under a few times this year. They play with just a complete disregard to human safety. I mean, they are just reckless <laughs> up and down the court. It's fun to watch, right? It's not fun if you're if, if you like to play unders. But Villanova, while they have an amazing offense, is really only one notch faster than Virginia is. They go very, very slow. They want to control the tempo. They want to control the game. St. John's tends to get more in these higher scoring games when they can control the pace, but Villanova being the more talented team, I look for them to control that a little bit more. I don't think St. John's is going to be able to speed up Villanova, especially with Villanova's good guard play. Look at the last two times these two these last two times these teams met. There was 144 points in one of those games and 135 in the other. I think 149 is too many points. The model says 146, and that even seems a, 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 a bit high for me even. I think under 149 is the way to look here. It's a tough play to stomach after St. John's um, had about 300 points, I believe, yeah. in their game yesterday. Uh, but again, they're playing a very different team in Villanova, who, again, is just going to try to grind this game to a halt with efficiency. Jay, my question for you, can Villanova win by more than six? Yeah, I think they do. It hurts my heart. I'm disappointed to pick them. I think they do it. I'm not super confident in it because of the way St. John's can play. Like like I pointed out yesterday, with when uh, Posh Alexander and Julian Champagne get going, it is impossible to get in their way. With like with Posh distributing the ball and Champagne as being one of the greatest players in the in NCAA right now, and it's just 
a lot of fun to watch them get going. Um, but I think Villanova, Colin Gillespie and Daniels and uh, all, all their guards that are just they, – they're too composed. They're too old. Uh, Jay Wright is too good of a coach. They're, they're going to make the right play at the right time. Um, that's, that's what this team does. They just make the right play, and it's – I think that's what's going to happen. It'll, I think it's got this one has a chance with the way St. John's tries to play um, to get in the double digits and be nasty. I don't know that it. I don't know that it gets there, but I think Villanova gets it done by more than six and kind of keeps it around under ten. Uh, but it should be a fun game to watch, and just kind of hurts my heart to pick against St. John's right now. And you talked about Jay Wright being obviously a fantastic coach. I have to imagine the game plan for them is we like to control the pace, but y'all, we really have to control the pace tonight. I I assume that's the message because it's one thing when you're going against a a, a normal team, uh, but when you're going against a team that wants to play like St. John's, I mean, Jay Wright knows this stuff. He's smart enough to know we, if the more we can slow this game down and grind it out, that's going to frustrate them and get them out of what they want to do. Um, and that's going to, like I said, lead to some frustrating possessions for St. John's. And that's going to work well for Villanova and the under both. So I think two solid plays there. It's super hard to speed a team up that's got a, real, a, good, a couple good ball handlers yep. because then you're you're f- trying to force plays and then that opens you up on the offensive end to easy layups and that just doesn't work out well to win a game. So it's going to be really tough for St. John's to speed that Villanova team up. Yep, yep, absolutely agree. And then speaking of another team that really wants to slow things down, who we just mentioning the Virginia is playing North Carolina tonight. North Carolina is a four-point favorite with a total of 134. I'm going under again here. The model thinks it should be a little bit under 132. My numbers have been off on UNC. Uh, UNC has been a little bit more of an over team than I thought, but Virginia has been a little bit more of an under team than I thought. So that balances out. I trust the number here. Uh, especially in the tournament setting. I think 131 and a half, 132 is the appropriate number. I think 140, 134 is just too high. Virginia is going to, I think, try to do kind of like we just talked about with Villanova. I think Virginia knows that North Carolina wants to run. They want to get this game up tempo, and Virginia is going to say, we're not playing that type of game. The first matchup between these two teams had 132 points, and I see no reason to think that today is any different. So I think 134 gives us some value there. Obviously, in these games, we have to hope we avoid overtime is the bugaboo there. But otherwise, I think that we are safe with an under here. Jake, can Virginia hang in there and pull off an upset, uh, knowing they've got to win this game and and probably another one and maybe even another one to get to the tournament? Um, Or does their season come to a close today against the Tar Heels? Yeah, I think it comes to a screeching halt today. I, I think North Carolina is playing out of their mind recently. Um, they've had enough time between the Duke win to kind of let that high kind of settle back down and come back to earth. Um, it's really going to be a test of Hubert Davis to see how well he manages his team in this one, like how, the expectations and keeping everybody together and everything with coming off that crazy high. Um, but as a favorite this year, North Carolina is 12-10-1, so they've been – Good to us when they've been favored. Um, they're really good three-point shooting team with Brady Manick and Caleb Love. They're the, ranked in the top 25 in three-point percentage. So very good free throw shooting team hitting around 77% right now, Make and they're making almost nine threes a game. But they can be a little sloppy with turnovers, but Virginia's defense isn't a super pressure, like force a lot of turnovers type defense. So I don't know that that's a huge issue, and they've been improving on that, dropping that number from 12 to – 
around nine and a half a game in, the, in their last three. I, like like I pointed out before, Caleb Love and Brady Manick, if they hit a couple jump, a couple threes, that's really going to spread Virginia's defense out, and then you've got Baycott in the middle, and that's that's going to make it really tough on Virginia to not like to have to guard all those spots. I mean, they, and then with as bad as their offense is, as long as North Carolina doesn't let Kihei Clark run wild and just make random jump shots and all that. I, I think they get this done. I think they get it done very easy, and it's around 10, point, 10 to 15-point game. All right, all right, and that takes us to our solo Jake segments. 18-4-1 all-time. Took the loss yesterday. I'm going to put that on my shoulders. I said at the start of the week I was going to come up with a fun new name for this segment every day and try them out. Little under the weather yesterday, and I didn't do that. And so I think that's the reason for the loss. I think I cursed us. Yeah, Yeah, and so I'm going to do us right today in this segment. I'm going to call it today. I'm going to call it Taking the Jake. (laughs) What do you got here? 1230 Eastern, 1130 Central. TCU is playing Texas in the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Texas is a six-point favorite. Take it away. I've been fading Texas a lot this year, especially away from home, and I'm going to keep doing it here. I'm going to take TCU plus six. I think it's too many points. This game is all about whose offense solves the other one's defense, and I think it's much more likely TCU keeps this close with their offense than T- uh, Texas having their offense travel to a neutral site or travel anywhere away from home, yeah. um, which is just not happened all year. They've they've lost all their, their only neutral site game they've played all year. I, I really think that uh, Mike Miles and Damian Bow and uh, and Emmanuel Miller will be enough to get through this Texas defense. I don't I don't see a repeat of what happened last time where Texas ended up with I think six guys in double figures and like three of them above fifteen. Um, I, I don't see that happening. Uh, Timmy Allen is a great player, but. And he, he's carried the load for this Texas offense, but I don't think he's got quite enough help to blow tech, uh, TCU out of the water because that's what they're really going to need to do to get to get this over the six and uh, and up there where TCU doesn't make a couple shots towards the end and get a backdoor cover at the worst, if not stay close all game. Um, but I, I just I don't like Texas away from home. They really haven't shown me anything otherwise, so I'm sticking with TCU and putting points in my pocket. I like it. That makes a lot of sense. And if I remember correctly, that last TCU-Texas game was in Austin, and TCU mm-hmm. hung around for most of the game and then fell apart late. And so I think the only way you can – that's not to say that Texas doesn't win by more than yeah. six, right? Again, there's no such thing as a sure bet. And, and, and our most confident plays, you know, we're only 60% confident in it, right? Well, At 60% I mean, would be – Yesterday when Florida State forgot to show up and let Syracuse just run them out of the gym. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, you never really know what's going to happen, right? So – Couching that with this, right? Don't put all your money on one on one game, right? But I think what you said makes a lot of sense there, especially because the only way that I see Texas winning by a lot is you look at that last game and you think, well, if TCU doesn't fall apart at the end, they cover that. And that was in Austin. And so now you've got the neutral side effect. So I think there's a lot of reasons to like TCU here. That makes a lot of sense. And that takes us to our overtime plays. I've got one of them for you today. It is an A-plus pick. I love this one. 22-13-1 on the A-plus plays of the day. It's a late one, 10.30 p.m. at Central. USC is a five-point favorite versus Washington. Laying the points with the Trojans. I see no reason why Washington is getting this much respect. USC has a better D. They have a much better offense. 
and I only have to lay five points. This line makes no sense. To me. Jake, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I was very confused. I'm not sure why people are liking Washington here enough to get them under <laughs> under seven. I, that really surprised me. I really like this USA team in this spot. Um, uh, other than this spot, not a huge fan of USC, but right here, right. it's a great, it's a great spot to take him. Yep, and the, the model makes us about eight. And if we're talking about if the number was seven or eight, we'd say sure that makes a lot of sense. But at five, yeah. uh, there's so much value there on the Trojans to get that before it goes up. Any, and that takes us to our buzzer beaters. I've got two more for you. Got both of them yesterday. Let's see if I can do that again. The best B side, five thirty p.m. Central. I'm laying seven and a half with Ohio. Versus Ball State. Ohio has not been great lately, but I think the Cure is facing a Ball State team that they've already beaten by more than 20. Ball State has not beaten the team with a winning record in over a month. Ohio scores at will in this one and runs away late. I know Ohio has uh, crushed your heart a couple times, Jay. Yeah. I think today is the day that they come back and show us that they're they're not a bad basketball team, despite no. a couple of, of unfortunate games. I think they're just much better than Ball State. And then afternoon delight. 1 p.m. Central, Northwestern versus Iowa. I'm going to take over 147. Uh, I think this number should be around 150, maybe even higher than that. Iowa overs have been good to us. I see no reason why that does not continue. Jake, I pulled up some numbers here for yesterday. We always talk about uh, total points in conference tournament games. So this is just a little tidbit for everybody here. The sportsbook projected Total points for yesterday was 5,611. I projected 5,605. The actual number of points were 5,580. So all three numbers are pretty close there. So I trust my total numbers there. I was a little bit under the books on average, and the result was even more under than that. So you hear me saying a lot of unders this week. I think unders are the way to go, but that doesn't mean you take every under. I think this Northwestern Iowa game is one of the spots where you want to jump on that over. I think that game is going to get out of hand for us there on that total. Yeah, I love that total. The way Iowa's playing right now, it's they're just a super hot offense. And yeah, I'm hoping Ohio Ohio is better to you than they have been to me. Last couple times I've taken them, they forget to show up until halftime. Uh, but my buzzer beaters for today, I like this MTSU team. They're the better team. They've been incredible at covering the spread all year. They're one of the best in the nation at doing that. I like them. They're better than this UTEP team. And I also like Richmond, the minus four here. Uh, I believe they are a better team than Rhode Island, and they're going to show it. And I think they, they just cover this four fairly easy. And I'm – I'm riding this Georgia Mason team. I think they are a little bit better than this Fordham team. And I know they're laying five right now, but I think the way they shoot the ball being a little bit better, they get a couple extra shots to go in and they cover that towards the end uh, with free throws and three ball. So I really like this George Mason squad. All right, and that's all we've got for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out that Google Sheet for picks on all of today's games not covered in this show. If you haven't answered yet, please click that subscribe button. We will get you a new episode every weekday and Saturday and this week Sunday during the college basketball season here dropped right into your feed. We will see you tomorrow with Cousin Jared back with us on our Friday episodes. Until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please do not bet your eating money.